Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together, verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we are studying uh, Ephesians verses 6 through 13. Really powerful stuff. I'm going to start reading in verse 1 just for perspective real fast. So we'll jump right in. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. That's what we read last time. Now we're starting up now. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has appointed it. This, it is, this is why it says, when he, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. <clears throat> now, this is parentheses. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He also descended is the very one. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. That's the end of parentheses. That's just like a personal thought there from from Paul. Or maybe an explanation. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So that is Ephesians 1 through 14. So let's uh, take a look at that uh, this morning. So Paul sitting here in a jail in Rome, maybe 50, 60 years after Christ, you know, uh, uh, was crucified and rose again. Churches are springing up now. Ephesus is a, a church in modern-day Turkey, sitting uh, at the time uh, as a port city looking out on the Aegean Sea. Across that sea was Greece. Big church, prosperous church, and this church apparently had a lot of people who were very strong in faith and knowledge. And so 
had a lot of impact on surrounding churches. He is giving them some major stuff. And uh, McGee says this is one of the premier books of the Bible just because of its uh, uh, immense theology. So Paul's, you know, telling them, of course, and as we kind of review Ephesians, there's a spiritual side to our relationship with 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 the Lord, with with Christ and the Father in heaven. There's a faithful side. The, his letter begins to the saints and the faithful. <clears throat> so um, there, this is a, a theme through Ephesians. Um, so our sainthood is that we are holy and blameless in God's eyes. We may not feel that way, but we are. In God's eyes, we have every spiritual blessing already, already up front, given to us through our faith. Uh, but as um, Paul instructs, this spiritual gift, uh, you know, which is our salvation, um, is a gift from God. It has nothing to do with anything that we do. Um, it's not even due to our own faith. You know, we don't have our faith is terrible compared to to His faith. He has more faith in us than we have in Him. So, you know, if it was just on our faith alone, Christ wouldn't have had to go to the cross. So Christ went to the cross. It's Christ's work on the cross that saves us. But that work on the cross was done to fulfill the the will of the Father in heaven because of His grace for us. It's grace that saves us, not by works, but grace. So grace is um, uh, what gives us this spiritual component. Now, of course, we have to have faith also. Faith is like the, the there's a spiritual component to our relationship, and then there is a faithful. Now, that faith, we have to keep our hearts centered on Christ. We have to have a Christ-centered heart all the time. The whole nation of Israel never could keep their hearts centered on Christ. And time and time again, one generation after another, uh, had to learn hard lessons about the importance of keeping a Christ-centered heart. We can't look, we can't keep our heart uh, off Christ even, or the Father in Heaven even for a minute or a second because we start thinking about our own selves, our own personal wants and needs and desires, or we start getting involved with worries of the world <clears throat> about our about our maybe prestige in the world or power in the world or success in the world or danger or worried about what the world's going to think of us or do or say to us. So um, we can also uh, commit sins um, and, and, and get our heart off God there or even some people reject God altogether, which is like the ultimate sin. It's just totally rejection of God. But God gives us this grace. In other words, that we can, we can uh, live life um, and still have to depend on Him with our faith. And so we have to depend on Him with our faith, and our faith is what we have to keep uh, constantly focusing and refocusing on, on God, keeping our eyes on Him. So it's that marvelous, wondrous interplay of faith and grace. Um, powerful lessons here. And so the mystery of, of God is that we, through this grace, then are transformed. So grace, the story of grace continues. Grace does another thing. It transforms us. Number one, it saves us. 
okay? Number two, it transforms us and it turns us into this new creation. We have this new body, this new body which is we in Christ. We are transformed into the body of Christ. So our old bodies <clears throat> spiritually are put to death. And our new bodies, <clears throat> really, we are now a part of the living representation of Jesus Christ on earth, which is his body. And the deeper mystery is, is that body of Christ, which now we are a member of, is his church. It's been called his masterpiece of creation, his greatest creation. That means each one of the Christians are united together in one body, one body of Christ. And, of course, the Father in heaven doesn't look whether you're rich, poor, black, or white, or wherever you live, or whatever continent you're living on. It's one body of Christ. And so that's a deeper mystery of God. And so this grace, this grace saves us. This grace transforms us. And now Paul is unpacking a third thing that grace does for us. Grace propels us. It is a, it is a component that uh, with spiritual gifts that, 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 uh, that the Lord Christ has given us, he has given each one of us spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts allow us to function in the body of Christ and to build up the body in unity. So he has given us the spiritual gift of our salvation through this grace. He has allowed us <clears throat> the spiritual gift of being transformed and putting to death our old bodies. And the third thing is <clears throat> he has given us this spiritual gift, these gifts given to us from Christ himself. So, <clears throat> you should stop and think about that. <clears throat> Do you often think like you're, you don't have any gifts? Well, this verse says right here, you've been given gifts by Jesus Christ himself. A personal gift to you. Now, there's a gift on the cross. You kind of think about Jesus doing that. But this verse implies that Christ himself <clears throat> handed out spiritual gifts to all of us. All of us in the body. Once we are transformed into his body, he's given us spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts are to be used for a purpose. <clears throat> to encourage, excuse me, to encourage one another in the body of Christ. <clears throat> so, grace saves you, grace transforms you, and grace propels you. And um, it talks about that Jesus actually... Uh, descended to the lowest depths of the earth. Now, you can sort of interpret that. A lot of people do that. You know, the lowest depths would mean the grave. He went to uh, the grave for uh, for each one of us. Um, Jesus, um, McGee says, some people interpret it that he went to hell itself <clears throat> to defeat death. But he descended to the lowest depths so that he could then ascend to the highest heights for us. There's no place that Jesus Christ has not been. There's no place that Jesus Christ has, doesn't have dominion over. And <clears throat> there's not a single one of us that Jesus doesn't know. And Jesus gives out his gifts to each one of us. This is just the true, um, I think, inspirational part of this little verse, these few little verses to the Ephesians. So you're sitting at home and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know what? 
I can go to church and I don't really have to interact with anybody or talk to anybody. It's more spiritual for me anyway. Or I just sit there and meditate and go home and I feel better. That's not Jesus' plan for you. Jesus wants to transform you, put to death your old body, your old ways, your old body is gone. And Jesus, this part of His grace, the Father in Heaven's grace is that you are transformed into something new. You belong. You belong to the Lord's body. That's His church. So dwell on that and dwell on how special that is, how important that is. Jesus had to die to make this happen. Not only to save you with His grace from your sins, but also to give you this opportunity to put to death your old physical body. Will you say, well, you know what? I do all these things and I still sin. I don't feel any different. Well, your physical body has spiritually already been put to death. Okay? So if you still mess up, if you still sin, that body has already been put to death. And Jesus went to the grave itself. Jesus has dominion over that body. That body's gone. In a physical sense, in a spiritual sense, that... I mean, in a physical sense, the body's still there. But in a spiritual sense, the body has been put to death. And so, uh, death no longer has dominion over you. The old law has no longer has dominion over you. So you're walking in grace because of Jesus' work on the cross. You're also walking in grace because your body has been transformed, has been put to death. And now you're also walking in grace because now you've been given spiritual gifts. You can be propelled in His grace to grow. He doesn't want you to stay the same. He is a living and active God. He doesn't want you to stay the same. He has given you this spiritual gift of grace so that you can encourage one another in the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is not just your own physical church. It's the, it's the believers that are connected all over the world, Jews or Gentiles. It doesn't matter your race or nationality, or whatever. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done, you are connected in the body of Christ. From America to Zambia, God is in control all around the world. From heaven down to the earth, down to the depths of the grave, to even hell itself, God is in control. To the highest heights, to the lowest depths, all around the world, heaven and earth, throughout the whole universe, God is in control, but look at the marvelous gift of God's grace and how that fits in relationship to you, your Father in heaven, your Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, one another, fellow believers in the church as well. So much has been given for you so that you might grow and be propelled in His church. I hope this is helpful and encouraging to you. It is to me. So, for me to all of you, God bless you, and I'll see you next time. And I'll turn the podcast over now to Matali. Take it away, Matali. Hello. So, today's teaching is coming from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 6 to 13. My main highlight in today's teaching is the inhibition of a new man. So, the church is a mystery it's a new man it's a body and god is the head of that body so in the previous verses 
we um, Paul highlighted that the church is a mystery, it's a new man, it's a body, it's a good soldier. And um, God is the head of that church. So God is, um, <clears throat> is transcendent, he is imminent. And um, the inhibition of a new man is, um, you know, the gifts, the spiritual gifts that are bestowed to us um, by the grace of God. So the church um, was the exhibition. It was the outwards, the extrovert. And, um, you know, the new man, the believers that are in the body of believers, that's the church, um, has um, the inhibition of a new man. So um, the church being the mystery and um, the new man and the body and um, the body of believers and the body, rather, and um, Christ being the head of a church. So, um, <clears throat> verse 6 of Ephesians chapter 4 reads, um, One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So God is transcendent. God does not depend on his creation. He doesn't have to depend on, like, oh, hey, um, you know, let me go and buy some groceries or, you know, I need some um, some air to breathe now. He is the creator and um, he is in all of us. He he is not dependent on any of us. We are dependent on, 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 on God the Father. So that makes him um, transcendent. So um, in the previous chapters, that's Ephesians, in the previous verses, that's um, in and chapters, Paul had talked about um, how each individual, um, that's the new man, should conduct themselves um, as believers and how the church should conduct itself. So um, he had pointed out um, seven unities um, that, um, that we should keep as a, as a body of believers um, <clears throat> and as individuals, as um, children of God. So, um, Christ, um, upon ascension, um, bestowed us with spiritual gifts, and um, this is this can be seen from can be read from Romans twelve verse six, First Corinthians thirteen and fourteen. So I'll read Romans twelve verse six, which reads, "Having then gifts differing according." to the grace that is given to us let us use them if prophecy let us prophesy in proportion to our faith that was in Romans 12 verse 6 and um, 1 Corinthians 13 and 14 13 reads though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but not but have not love I have become sounding brass or a clanging symbol verse 14 reads pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy so um you know god did um <clears throat> bestow spiritual gifts on us and um you know each of us have a spiritual gift for the body of believers to coordinate and work well in tune each person has a contribution to make to the church. 
for us to actually be in tune. Imagine you have like an orchestra and um, you know you, you don't have like a bass singer or you don't have a violinist. So obviously the tune won't be as in tune as it's supposed to be um, if, um, if you don't have each and every individual actually playing their part. And this is how the body of believers works. God gives us spiritual gifts to contribute to the church. So um, spiritual gifts, each of us have, has a spiritual gift so that um, we may um, function in the body of believers in a certain way. So if you have the gift of prophesying, you're contributing to a church in a particular way. If you have a gift of evangelism, a gift of preaching, a gift of being a teacher, um, that way it helps you know the the bod that body of believers to run smoothly and in tune. So a gift is a um, is the spirit doing something for the body for the believer to function in the body of believers. So gifts are given to to profit the church and not to profit the individual. So um, that spiritual gift that's given to us is basically to grow the body of believers to grow the church so that the church may mature um, and grow up and not remain in infancy so that the church may be um, taken to a new level of sonship and um, if it's if, if, if the gift the spiritual gift that's given um, will profit the church if it's exercised so um, this leads to the unity of the Holy Spirit once we exercise um, all our spiritual gifts that are actually given together with other believers and it helps it helps to help the 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 church which is the new man to grow and mature to a different level so um <clears throat> verse 8 of Ephesians dropping down to Verse 8, um, verse 7 rather, sorry, then to 8. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So the spiritual gifts are, called, are, are, um, are given to us according to um, the measure of Christ's gift. And, and they're given to us by his grace. Verse 8 reads, therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So um, there are two things here. Um, he led captivity captive and um, he gave gifts. So this was during the ascension of, 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 of Christ. So um, if we look at um, this particular verse, can um, as the same particular um, verse in Psalms 68 verse 18, which reads you have ascended on high you have led captivity captive you have received gifts among men even from the rebellious that the Lord God might dwell there and um, here it reads when he ascended when he ascended on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men So um, 
this talks this looks at Christ the time um he ascended he gave gifts um he not only gave gifts but he led captivity into captive um so in the old testament in psalms he took the old testament saints um from paradise and in god's presence so um since he ascended um he must have descended at one particular point for Christ to actually ascend. In the Old Testament, it's written in Psalms, it's written, that's the Old Testament. So Christ must have descended at a particular time and at a particular point. And um, this was the incarnation and um, this was during the incarnation and the humiliation of the death of Christ. That's the time he actually descended. And then when he ascended, he led captivities into captive and, or to captive and he left gifts. So, um... He's been here and he went back and um, he 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 gave spiritual gifts after his ascension, so um, so that the church can grow to sonship to a position of sonship. So um, you know, during his incarnation um, and his humiliation and his death, he gave gifts and these gifts the beginning of the church was at a time um was on pentecost when gifts were actually bestowed on um on um, his saints so verse 9 and 10 reads now this he ascended what does it mean that but that he also first descended into the lower parts of earth so that was during his incarnation verse 10 he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all the things. Verse 11 and 13 read, um, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So he left spiritual gifts at the time when he was ascending. He gave um, gifts on Pentecost. So um, he took some of the gifts and he gave them to the church so that the church can grow to a position of sonship. So he, he, he bestowed the gifts on his apostles. He bestowed the gifts on um, his disciples. So some became apostles and some, some became um, prophets. So um, the purpose of the church is to complete itself and to grow up so the church being the new man and the body of believers so this is the purpose of the church to with with the body of believers having all these gifts in order to take the church to the next level and and to grow up so paul was an evangelist and um you know a traveling missionary and um you know men were given the gifts that were given um these gifts um they were given to the church you know for the maturation and for the building up of the church they were not given gifts as individual gifts so verses 11 to 13 reads and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So these gifts were bestowed upon his saints 
in order to mature the church, in order to grow the church, in order to grow that body of believers, the new, in order to grow that new man. So each and every one of us, if if we, um, you know, if we live by faith and um, we have the fruits of the spirit, you know, the spirit will dwell in us, and um, you know, we will discover our spiritual gifts, and um, you know, spiritual gifts. Um, are there so that um, we may function in a body of believers and the gift is a spirit doing something for the believer so the spirit of, of God is dwelling in us and um, you know our our spiritual gifts um, <clears throat> materialize and we may profit and contribute to the maturity of the church and we will and this also in turn helps us to mature um, our mature with our faith in christ so yeah um this was today's teaching and um it was about spiritual gifts um thank you all for listening god bless and bye-bye